Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. Yes, here we are again, another edition of the Real Estate Show here on A3OWCCO. If you have a real estate type of question, we always like to welcome yours by phone or by text. Before we say hi to Chris, I don't see Andy. No, actually, he's uh, his daughter's getting confirmed today at the Basilica. Oh, all yeah, right. So. He's so doing he's, dad duty. Very good. But uh, we'll uh, we'll talk uh, with uh, Chris coming up and see who he brought uh, with him today. But in the meantime, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Can I ask you how your week was? Yeah, no. The week was fantastic, actually. Really? Um, yeah, I actually even snuck away for two days to Colorado, watched my kid play spring football. And they had their spring football game, and that was really How'd fun. How'd that go? We were back right away. Really good. Good. Did really good. And uh, but I'll tell you what. What's happening is that this the thaw is going to make this market better. I mean the the weather always has uh, an effect on the market. I think it's been uh, a lot more. I mean, uh, again, with some other stuff, but a, a lot of effect on the market has been this weather. Oh, I believe it. And people just can't get their house ready, you know. And uh, and so that's kind of led to a real lack of inventory. Which has led to lack of selling houses. It's a whole domino which, effect. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a whole domino effect, and uh, yeah. So it's. I mean, we got an inventory probably about one point six months on our, you know, the listings that are out there, which is crazy. Typically, they want about kind of that five to six months for kind of a, a normal market. So you can imagine it's kind of a seller's market with yeah, little inventory. Say. Yeah. So you brought a special guest. Yeah, well, Karen Mindak, uh, she's a guest to the radio show. She's been on a few times, but uh, she works with me uh, every day. And so uh, we we brought her along because we're going to talk about um, the stages of a transaction and the psychology of it. A lot of people call it negotiating, um, creating relationships. But I'll tell you what, psychology in this business is huge because it's kind of an emotional thing. And uh, Karen actually has got her master's in psychology. So she gave me a little uh, a little gift one day, and it said, "Behind every man is a woman rolling her eyes," and she definitely does that to me all the time. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so is that not true? Yes, it is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she keeps me kind of uh, humble, you know. 
Well, I don't know about that. Maybe not. But that. yeah, so. But we got our seminar today, too. Finally, we've been when talking it, about it forever. Yeah, it's at 1230 today. It's in Edina, right? It's at the Edina Library. So if people want to come, they certainly still can. Um, got what can we up. learn there? Well, we're actually going to talk a little bit about the psychology okay. of, uh, you know, attracting buyers and what to do and uh, getting people, I think, getting them prepared um, to be able to sell their houses. There's so much that goes into it, and Car and I will touch on that. But uh, get their house ready to sell, basically. So, so it's it's really exciting time, but it's very stressful for some folks. I well, mean, it, you both, get it right, right on the nose, yeah. and that's Karen. We see that all the time, whether it's a buyer or a seller. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of different stages throughout the transaction. The transaction is a really long cycle in the end, and there's a lot of times where we need to kind of temper the emotions of our buyers or sellers. Yeah, and I'll tell you, there's no (laughs) – I was talking to uh, Karin the other day when we were preparing for the show, and I was saying that, you know, where where we think about it, we, we talk about it here all the time, is preparing. And it's really preparing them for what they're going to experience. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. From both a buyer's perspective and a seller's perspective. How do you do that? I mean, how, how, what kind of preparation are we talking about? Let's talk about a buyer first of all. Yeah. Well, I think on the front end, um, you know, when you're first working with a buyer, there's a lot of getting to know them and getting to know what they're looking for. And a lot of it goes into, you know, searching on the MLS. But when you're actually out looking at homes, I think you need to spend a lot of time really listening to them and looking for what, looking at what they're looking for and really reading their body language and what's going to be important to them and hot buttons to them. Um, it's really interesting because it's kind of like people, what they say they want and what they want are, are typically two different things yeah. that we find out. And uh, right. I think, Karen, too, also is preparing them for, you know, the, the letdown and what happens when you make an offer because they do get so emotionally vested in a property. People don't just say, oh, yeah, what the heck, we'll try this one, just throw in an offer. They don't do that. They say, you know, Susie's in this room, Johnny's in that room, they're going to go to this school. They have a plan. They've got that park, and then all of a sudden they lose on an offer. Yeah. And dealing with that is not a very fun thing from a realtor standpoint. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So it's, uh, to me, I mean, that's the whole psychology of it. It's, It's kind of like you have to kind of temper their emotions until you get it because in this market with so little inventory, people are, you know, doing three, four, five offers and losing you know, before they finally get one. And you can just totally tear them down. They get dejected and then stop. I don't know if we've ever done a show entirely on this, have we? We haven't. No. no we and haven't. I, I, how did you learn this? I mean, you and your folks were in the business. Uh, how does a real estate agent... Screw up a lot. Well, maybe that you <laughs> well, learn from you know, your mistakes. Yeah, or you know, I've done learned it. Learned by uh, doing... I've been doing it for 28 years, and uh, you know, and I did grow up in it. My mom yeah. was a realtor when I was born, and my dad was shortly thereafter. And you hear about those stories, but I kind of wish I would have had Karen around a lot earlier because it, you actually put you know the science part into it, and it kind of took all my gibberish and kind of made it make sense. Mm-hmm. So right, I know six, we've got. Uh, oh my! God, I was just going to say we got some text questions, but the screen just went off. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Or send a text, 81807. Uh, let's see, no offense or disrespect meant, but wondering why expensive changes and staging is necessary when it is such a seller's market. That's a good I question. love that question because we get that question all the do time. You? Why do we have to do anything? You know, but uh, Karen can attest to that. How many times you, you just put a house on the market, and in this market, if it doesn't sell right away, what are people thinking? 
there's something wrong with there's it. There's something wrong with it. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's something wrong with it. And, you know, and you get into a market and it depends on price segments. I talk about price segments all the time in that um, there's certain ones like in the luxury market over over a million dollars. The inventory is about nine months out. And so there's a ton of inventory in that one. So if you don't do everything right, I mean, you're competing against everyone else. And you want to get the most dollar amount. And the other thing is buyers aren't able to, they can put money down, but they're not able to do repairs. We see it all the time. Yeah, absolutely. At certain price points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so doing it and, and doing it the right way from the beginning is going to uh, solidify you getting a real strong offer and doing it. Because I tell you, if it, it comes up later, and I'll tell you, when it comes up, is some people might go in and grab that place, but... Then they've got an inspection, and typically that house is tied up for 10 days, and then they use that 10 days in which to renegotiate. And then if you lose that 10 days and it's based uh, because of an inspection, I mean, we'll see, again, the emotions of other buyers when they're going through those properties. Mm-hmm. What, what happens to them? They're crazy. I mean, yeah. they get, they're, just look at it and say, okay, there's got to be something wrong with this house. Right. When, in, when in reality, these people probably just don't have enough money in which to be able to fix it up, and so they got out of it. So getting your house ready – It's still, you want to do it, and then you're going to get top dollar for it. Kind of a follow-up from another texture, not the same one, but it says, staging is important, but don't you feel 90% of staging is common sense? Well, I I actually would disagree with that. I think it's good to have either a designer or a realtor come in and give you a professional perspective on looking at your home. I think it's hard. It's hard to... Look at your home and not be um, objectively. Objective. Yeah. If you've lived in that home for years and years, right. you can't see the same thing. You can't. You do see the same thing, but it's you need another pair of eyes. Well, and the other thing is that there's, sometimes there's stuff that's really cool, you know, in a house, and it's like that bell collection, you know, that wonderful bell collection. But what people do is they concentrate more on the bell collection than they do on the kitchen cabinets. And the kitchen cabinets are staying. The bells aren't. And then it becomes it becomes the bell house, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And I think some of those personal photos or personal things become a real distraction, too. People don't want to take them down, but it, people lose focus on looking at the house, and they start looking at who's living in the house and why are they selling, and they get focused on the wrong things. Yep. Tell you what, we need to take a break, a quick one. But, again, we invite our listeners to join in on the real estate conversation, either by phone or by text, 651-989-9226. That's if we want to call it in your question. Or send us a text, 81807. And welcome back to The Real Estate Show here on A3OWCCO. Denny Hall here. Uh, Chris is here. Andy's gone. In case you've just uh, joined us, and uh, folks that uh, Chris joined us a little bit late, who did you bring with you? And we certainly do welcome the questions either by phone or text. Yeah, Karen Mendak with Remax Preferred uh, and uh, Chris Rooney Home Experts. That's us. And uh, she's here. You work together. We do. Yeah, we've been working together for a while. And... Uh, she also happens to be a psychology major, uh, actually a, a master's in psychology. Right, master's in marriage and family therapy, which is kind <laughs> well, of real estate. Qui- I was going to say that's fitting for real estate, isn't it? Wow, you know? I should say. Yeah, and so we're going to talk about uh, you know different stages of a transaction and kind of the psychology that goes into them. But let's let's start with a buyer. I mean, yeah. going grow, going through a buyer and kind of what they're going through and what we need to look out for with them. And I think it's important. You know, if people say, oh, I'm not buying, but they might be selling. Mm-hmm. And if you have a seller, you have to understand that buyer, you know, and it was just like the staging. To me, the whole staging thing is we understand what that buyer is looking for. And we're trying to make that house into that to be able to uh, 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 kind of appeal to their emotions. So why don't you talk a little bit about how the buyer uh, moves through the transaction? Right. 
Well, I think the first stage that, you know, with the buyer is really setting up your home search and talking with them and establishing a relationship and understanding what they're looking for and what their needs are. Yeah. And I think when you, when you do that, I mean, we also find out, we kind of touched on this on the first uh, section or segment that we, what they say and what they look for are different. So mm-hmm. when we're out looking at houses, we found out a lot of different stuff from that point too. Right. Right. And you kind of learn about what stage of life they're at, what they need, what they need for their lifestyle, but also what they're looking for in just the physical structure of a home, a four-bedroom, three-car garage is a necessary thing. But then I think once you're out actually doing the tours and looking for the homes, you get a lot more information about what's really important to them, and you can kind of pay attention to some of the subtle cues. They get real excited about certain things, or certain things become like, well, we cannot have this. This is an absolute no and I think also working them through that, that absolute no might have been uh, there was a fountain in the middle of the house. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can switch that, yeah. you know. But what happens when they fall in love with that from an agent perspective? They fall in love with that house that has the, the coolest backyard that has a great swing set, but it backs up to 35W. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I think we've all experienced this. And I think even as a professional, it's so easy to fall in love with the features of a house or a specific house just because – I don't know, you suddenly think, oh, I need a sport court or I need a wine cellar or something like that. Um, But I think it's our job to kind of remind them in subtle ways, like what are you looking for? What do you need? You need to be in this school district. You need to be, you know, within this neighborhood was a priority. Right. And I, and I, (laughs) I thought we We've rented it so many times, but I think as from a, from an agent perspective, the last thing we want to do is say, you know, this is the dumbest thing you ever did. Yeah, right. You know, backing up to a freeway like that, you don't do that. But I think we can subtly uh, remind them uh, yeah. that, hey, when it comes time to sell, mm-hmm. that might be an obstacle that we're going to have to face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and I think, uh, you know, from a psychology of a, a – let's just talk about the psychology of a buyer going into that seller's home that backs up to 35W that has that great – uh, backyard. I mean, everything we do in all of our marketing is geared towards that beautiful backyard. And it, rather than it's a freeway behind the yard, right. it becomes a great location. Yeah. And that's how people justify things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a, you know, I- important. How about as far as, you know, when the buyer gets to the time that they found a home and, and they want to make an offer? A lot of emotions happen there too. Yeah. A lot of emotions happen there. I mean, you know, they want the house, so they want to be able to put their best offer forward, but at the same time, they don't want to overpay. So I think they just really are looking to the agent for information. And this is our time when we really need to empower them and give them the information and, you know, fill them with comps and information about the neighborhood. Yeah, and I, <laughs> you do, you get into that. And then I think the other thing is, which is important, because as a buyer, you have to think about that seller. And what they're doing. So if there's a seller's home that has, you know, photos from these kids that were three months to 18 years old, and then there's all the little notches uh, in the in the doorways about all their height, and yeah. you know, you know that they grew, their family grew up in there, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you going in there and ripping on their house or or saying, hey, it's uh, you know, you need to update it, and this is bad, this is bad. I mean, you're gonna totally you know, destroy them. Whereas the buyer thinks, Hey, I'm just trying to get a better price. And I'm trying to explain that to them rather than do that. Maybe go with that lower price and explain that, you know, you have some kids, you know, that are going to grow up in the same house. And so you pick up those subtle cues to be able to figure out who these people are. Mm -hmm. 
So six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. We're getting text messages as well eight one eight zero seven. Here's one that came in earlier that I missed. Our fixer upper is becoming a hot market with the inventory shortage. If you can find them, you know, but I'll tell you what, I think fixer uppers are um, really good for uh, people that, you know, don't have a ton of money to be able to put into a house, but they can finance them. We see that all the time. I mean, anyone who fixes yeah. up is more turnkey. Mm-hmm. They sell quicker and typically for more money. Yeah, right. So there's another one that, that uh, came in. We'll kind of jump in with these from time to time. Uh, do you see more houses for the first time buyer coming on the market? 250 range. Where we as a buyer even do we even have a chance? Don't want to pay more than the house is worth. Karen, <laughs> that price range. It's a tough price point yeah. right now. The inventory is definitely low, but I do think we're going to see a lot more homes coming on the market. A lot of people are waiting for that snow to melt and to take photos when the grass is green and the leaves are filled in. So well, I think the other, you know, if we're going to throw the psychology part into it, you got to set their expectations as well. And I think what people are doing, if they're looking in that 250 range, they're looking what's and it's probably not going to happen and you're going to get it without really overpaying for it or finding it before anyone else gets it on the market. You know, so you, uh, from a buyer perspective, they have to have the expectations that, you know what, I mean, I, I know you wanted three bedrooms on the main floor, but you might want to, you might get two up and two down. And use baby monitors instead or, you know, get bunk beds. And I think those are things that come up that they a two-car garage versus a three-car. Right, right. There may be some compromising going yep. on. Mm-hmm. It's a good word, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Compromise. All right, we have to take a quick break. Another half hour of the show is on its way. If you want to call us, 651-989-9226 or send a text, 81807. Hey, good morning. Welcome to CCO's Real Estate Show, where you're, again, calls and questions uh, either by phone or by text. Always welcome. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Chris? Yeah. Karen Mindak with uh, Remax Preferred is also with me today. Um, There was a kind of a follow-up, which I think is kind of interesting, and I kind of want to talk about it, about that staging question where it says it's more common sense. And they said everything you said, uh, like declutter, deep clean, get rid of personal items, that's all common sense stuff. I, I totally agree. But when we talk about decluttering, what does decluttering mean? What are you taking out and what are you leaving? You know, some people might think decluttering is take every photo off the wall there is. It, you, that's not what you do. We're, we're trying to make it look uh, – It's it's got to be able to appeal to whoever that pers- that buyer is going to be for that property. Um, you know, it's even like with photos. We talk about photos. There's things that we leave in the house for showings versus taking them out for the photos. Because in a photo, it can really clog up the whole photo and not look as big. And so sometimes you take that stuff out. I was just looking at a house the other day, and there was one towel, little subtle things. But I'll tell you, this is the psychology of it. There's a towel on each side of the sink hanging down, but then the part of the towel was reflecting off of the mirror as well. And when you saw that, it just looked like there was no room um, in that bathroom, and it was just a subtle little thing. If they would have taken those towels down, that bathroom looks completely different. Yeah. So that's the about staging. So I agree. You gotta you gotta clean you gotta clean up your place. You, you need to declutter, and that means that. But that doesn't mean getting rid of everything either. And so if it's uh, you know a lot of people talk about storage rooms. Hey, let's just clear it all out. Well, when you clear it all out, they're saying they must not have any storage because they got it all out of here. No. Instead, you put it in bins and, and like you know 
nicely put it on the shelves, and then it looks like, oh, look at this great storage oh, room. Okay. So that's the kind of the psychology of it. But I'll tell you, what we run into is trying to explain this to a seller at the beginning. So remember, we don't have anybody showing. Nothing's happened to be able to give us some opinions. We have to go into the seller and be able to tell them, hey, you got to do this, and you got to do this, and you got to do that. And sometimes they'll get those kind of questions. But let's talk about the, the whole psychology and what we're trying to do um, when we're listing the house and, and specifically prepping it for sale. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think preparing to list a home, it can have a lot of emotions to it. First of all, when you go out to the home to meet with them, you know, their home is definitely um, – it, it might be sentimental for them to think through selling their home, and some things might really pull at their heartstrings. So when we're walking around the house and making a to-do list for them to prepare their home to sell, we need to be really careful and mindful about what we're telling them. Yeah, and I always Good say, point. you know, it's it's not about how we live. It's about how we're going to sell it, right. you know, and, and that stuff is great. It's like the Bell Collection. I had a house like that that had this great mm-hmm. Bell Collection, but it's kind of like, you know what? It's time to pack up the bell collection and move that cabinet out that's right in the middle of the kitchen, you know, because we need to make that kitchen look bigger. And I always call it the Chris Rooney effect that I got to be able to walk through that hallway and not hit something on my elbows because then that's important. Make it look, yeah, make it look small. By the way, Beyond, did you play any of the bells? <laughs> they wouldn't let me touch them. Okay. And they kept the bells too. But, anyways, <laughs> so they don't always listen. And so then we got to go to stage two. But ultimately, you know, it's, it's, our, it's our duty to be able to give people the information, to be able to make an informed decision. If they don't want to do it, I mean, it's ultimately it's their house. Right, it is. It's their house, and they can choose to do it. But we're trying to give them all the information to maximize their price. So how do you, how do you go through that? And I, I think it's, there, there's a difference, too. I mean, there's a difference between a flipper who's looking at that, right. at that house as just a house mm-hmm. and he's trying to make the most amount of money. And then there's also that person that, you know, um, raised their children in that home. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, Trying to now say, hey, you can't live here anymore yeah. and take them away from it, it's yeah. hard to do that. Right. I think that's where the psychology comes into play, and you just have to really be aware of what stage of life they're at. I mean, maybe they are downsizing and they're getting rid of all those, you know, old children's old clothes and books and toys and stuff, and that's hard. Or maybe they're going through a divorce, and that's an emotional transition as well. So we just have to be aware of that. It's a question I ask all the time. I say, you want to list your house or you want to sell it? And, I mean, those are two – I mean, it sounds kind of like well, it's the same thing. It's not. Listing is, hey, let's try it. Let's give it a shot. And then sometimes, hey, I don't have to do all that stuff. We'll see if it sells. If it doesn't, we're not going to try it. But selling it is, okay, we're committed to selling. we got to make this look the best so we get the most amount of money. And then I think from uh, that – I think that philosophy kind of gets them into, you know, getting away from that emotional stuff. And mm-hmm. I think – it also does, it takes a few times sometimes in which to do that. Yeah. And so you can't just throw it all on them at once, you know? So if mm-hmm. there's something that's really important to them, you know, you go through all the other stuff and then at the end just say, geez, you know, I'll tell you what, if we did this, I mean, so, you know what I mean? So it's kind of one of those things that if we just slowly get it into them that, hey, this is the way it's going to work. And then they come up with the idea. Yeah. It works a lot better. You yeah. kind of, you kind of finesse everything, don't you? I you mean, do. it's not. You have to. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that early stage in the listing is preparing them for each stage of the listing. And then maybe those are opportunities to talk to them about personal property and if you want to sell this personal item with the house or what that will look like. But yeah. And I'll tell you what, that's another thing. When you get an offer, if we fast forward to the offer and it's personal property that they're asking for, 
that can get just yeah. messy. I mean, real messy because, um, or hey, we don't even want that. The seller wants to leave it, and it's a beautiful um, a mirror, you know, that was basically done in 1972. That has a beautiful, you know, uh, brass frame around it. That I mean, it's just huge. But they don't want to leave it, and the buyer says, "I don't want it." What do you mean? You don't like my mirror? And then it, it just gets to be I mean, too personal. A, a mirror, right? yeah, a People mirror becomes a problem. Get emotionally yeah. attached to things they, they own. Do. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Alan is calling from St. Paul, I believe, with a question. Go ahead, Alan. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I was just wondering on staging these houses, what, what the kind of what the cost is and who absorbs that cost? I mean, is the buyer absorb it or the seller? Because it seems like it would add quite a bit to the cost of the house. So just wonder who takes the hit on that. Yeah. Here's the good thing is that the sellers – uh, are are definitely the ones that are going to be responsible for that staging because they're going to end up making more money. If you don't want to stage and don't want to put your house out there in its best light, you're going to end up getting a heck of a lot less money, you know. Um, but how about as far as staging goes? I mean, there's some realtors that, uh, like ourselves, we have a stager that works for us, you know, sp- specifically. So all of our listings, our stager comes with what our fee is. But there's other companies um, that are out there that will, you know, charge you as well. And it depends, you know, from a, a consultation to putting all the furniture in to even putting other people in there for you to be able to make sure that it's right. uh, livable and they're paying the utilities. So there's a lot of different ways in which to do that. If you want to phone in your uh, real estate question, 651-989-9226 or send a text, 81807. see one there? Yep. Uh, we have a 1,600-square-foot Rambler with a walkout basement, oak paneling, three-sided fireplace on the golf course. The carpet in the downstairs is outdated. Would it be our advantage to recarpet? What do you think, Karen? I think it would be to their advantage to recarpet and give it a fresh look. Yep. And I think if you don't paint that paneling, recarpeting is not going to help anyways. So right. that's that's it. the part about, to me, that's part about the, the whole staging thing and, and wasted money. We had uh, one time, uh, we were talking between segments here, and uh, came over there, and if I wouldn't have came over there, the guy would have spent about $80,000 on improvements because he thought that's what had to happen to be able to sell his house. Instead, we reallocated those expenses, about $15,000, and it totally worked. And so I think it's real important. That's why, you know, getting a realtor involved, I mean, if, and most realtors will come over for nothing, right. you know, and say, Absolutely. hey, here's what I would do it, and you'll get an opinion. So you don't even have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you pay for a a realtor to be able to create the value in your house and negotiate it for you and get you through the closing. Mm -hmm. But most of them will come over there and give you your opinion all day long trying to get a listing. That's true. That's true. 651-989-9226. A lot of folks like the text method. That's 81807. Yeah, I'm going to try another one. But in the meantime, you can try to figure out what that one means. (laughs) Are gated communities common here or should they be? They're quite literally every house in Florida. It's very, it's very rare that yeah, it happens here. We don't see a lot of gated communities in yeah. Minneapolis, St. Paul. But I'll tell you what we, we do see more so than in most places in the country is bigger lot sizes, though. Right. You know, and, I mean, when we're talking Florida, a lot of those communities are real tight. Yeah. You know, they don't have a lot of room. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we don't see many here. Um, I don't know. I I guess uh, there is some, I mean, real high test stuff, but you go to Florida, I mean, $300,000 homes are gated. So, Uh, I'm not sure what that text means, uh, Chris. Uh, The best advice, maybe the texter could refresh us on this. 
because something's missing. Uh, they talk about a but, quote, B-U-T, but house. I love it, but. Okay. It was probably something it I said, kind Maybe of a Rooneyism <laughs> on there. So okay. Okay. We'll let it go. Yeah. So we've been talking about uh, the psychology uh, uh, in, in a real estate transaction, and I think it's really important for uh, buyers and sellers both to understand what the other person um, is doing. And I, I think that's how you get to a point that you win. And when I talk about win, that means that what you've done is you've created a situation that ends up maximizing your investment. Uh, real important in which to do. But, Karen, we see a lot of times that uh, I think uh, <laughs> deals fall apart uh, in a transaction because sometimes it's the agent's. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of times it's the agents because in, in today's world where it used to be, I used to be able to go into a seller's home and present an offer on behalf of my buyer directly to them. And now that doesn't happen. It's typically they email it over and then the agents just talk. Well, words get translated a little differently and that causes problems. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in, so what would you say? Some, some of the things that out there that happen um, that we've run into, you know, when those uh, – what maybe – they were translated differently um, from agent to agent that totally screwed up a deal. Or they just forward an email. So you just need to be really careful about how you phrase things and really how you want it presented is how you explain it to the agent. Yeah, and I think sometimes it – let's just – obviously the buyer's agent wants to get the house for as cheap as they possibly can. So what they're going to do is try to give all the negatives to that other agent. Well, if that agent turns around and goes and tells them that, you know what, your decor is horrible, you know, I have to remodel this and I have to redo that, I mean, totally does the opposite effect. They don't even want to sell it to you. Yeah, it's offensive to the seller. Offensive is a good word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you have to be real careful. Us as agents have to be real careful in in how we do that. And I think um, understanding who we're dealing with on the other side is a big part of that. But talk about uh, the emails and what happens on those when you get an email. A lot of times what happens. Well, I think, you know, if you don't think through an email and just give a quick response and it gets forwarded, they'll relay that message to their buyers or sellers and, it, you know, they, they can potentially be offended. So I think when you're putting an email out there, you really need to think through, like, think, this could potentially be forwarded. I need to make sure that I'm really thinking through what I want to Well, same with relay. text messages. And you don't, you can't, messages. You can't mm-hmm. interpret the, mm-hmm. the emotion there or the inflection right. of what they're trying to say. And when you're buying a home, it's a very emotional decision. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break. We have more show to come, so don't go away. If you have a question, real estate-wise, 651-989-9226. Send a text, 81807. CCO temperature reading 47 degrees. We'll be right back. And welcome back to this portion of our real estate show here on 830 WCCO. 47 is our temp here in the Twin Cities, heading to near 60 today. Uh, 651-989-9226. I know, Chris, we're getting a bunch of uh, text messages at 81807. You want to pick up a few? Yeah, I have a, I have a bet with a seller that oh, yeah? all the snow is going to be melted by Tuesday. Think I'll make it? I think you will. Nice. Maybe back it off to Monday. Nice, because <laughs> we've got to get pictures for a listing. Oh, okay. So. All right, uh, back to that staging thing. I love this one. Is it is it just to mark the price up so there's more profit for the realtor? <laughs> so they're talking about, um, you know, we're usually uh, our commission is paid based on a percentage sure. of the sale price. But I'll tell you what, if I'm representing that seller, absolutely. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get them the most money I possibly can. But ultimately, it's their decision. If they don't want to do it, they don't have to do it. But I think I think what happens in this market, too, is that, 
when and when they say that whole common sense thing, I think a lot of it, I, uh, there is a lot of common sense because I think a lot of people just do that and come in and say, oh, you know what, you got to have you have to have solid surface, you have to have um, you know uh, stainless steel appliances and a ceramic backsplash, and you have to paint and you got to do that. Well, okay, that's fine. But here's a great question um, that we have that. Uh, Here's a question. Now, is this staging or positioning your house? That's what I talk about. We're going to sell a smaller, older, one-bedroom house. Should we put new windows in and put a new roof on? What would you say, Karen? Well, I think you have to look at the picture from a whole. I mean, what's the maximum price you're going to get for a one-bedroom? What do they have into it, and what are they going to get out of it before you make that decision? And there's a key word. You said one-bedroom. Yeah. Okay? So a one-bedroom is is not like high on everyone's priority list to be able to have that. They typically want, even if they're living by themselves, they might want a guest room for someone or an office. And so are those windows in decent shape? And how old is the roof? Those are other things that you got to ask. But I'll tell you what, if I'm spending my money without looking at that house, I'm going to try to figure out how the heck I can get a second bedroom because that will maximize that price more than probably both of those things that they could do. Unless, of course, the windows are, I mean, you can't have them in the winter, you know, because they're sift right through it and the roof is curled up. I mean, then you have to do it. People are expecting windows in a roof. But uh, just to replace them, you know, because you think, hey, it's starting to go down, you know, that you don't get – there's – you have to you have to do it when it's time to do it, but I think there's bigger bang for your buck on some stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. Yep. Yeah, is there something else you want to grab there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm thinking of residing with vertical metal siding panels. How will that affect the price of a residential home? <laughs> Cards like, oh no. But I'm. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I think it depends uh, what price segment you're in. Um, with that, I think it could be a really cool thing. As well, there's. Uh, but if it's the only, you know, you're in a in a residential neighborhood, and you're the only one in there that has that, that's a little different than maybe being kind of in some trees, you know, where you're kind of separate. Because then it shows out and it becomes maybe um, different rather than unique and cool. Mm-hmm. You see, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So here's one that just came in. All right. So we have sold multiple homes over the years and never once have I regretted the money spent on a stager. It's absolutely one of the best returns on investment anyone will get selling their home. Well, thank you, Mom. That. <laughs> My mom stick it up for me. Unsolicited. No. <laughs> but it's but it's it's so true. Yeah, it's I mean. so true. It's it's gonna maximize your sale and ultimately the first thing people are gonna look at are those photographs and you want them to be perfect. You want them to be what's showing. Well, and here's the other thing. I mean, there's a multi-billion-dollar industry that's uh, on on your channels every night. HGTV, Do-It-Yourself Network, all of that stuff that's based on redoing these houses and, and making them look good. And the reason they're doing it is because people cannot envision doing that stuff. And so, and that's the thing that what we're doing with them is that it's kind of like that golf course home in the basement, replacing that carpet. Right. They won't even notice that that carpet is replaced if they look at that dark paneling. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now all that, that what you did, which was common sense, you got to put new carpet in because it's super old. You know, you you got to do. You can't do one without the other. So how far in advance you as realtors uh, would t- talk to a client, a prospective client, saying, "Yeah, about the paneling." I mean, you got to have some time to do all this. Yeah. I mean, how how early, how upfront? If somebody said we're thinking of buying our, or selling our home. We have to be months in advance, right? Yeah. Well, I, would I think I think it just really varies. It kind of depends on the level of work that they're planning on doing. Yeah, to the true. Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm working with someone right now. We're on year three 
I met with them three years ago. There's another one, a WCCO listener that's not selling for three more years. I already met with them. But the thing is, is I think what happens is that people, you know, a realtor comes in and says, hey, you need to do this, do this, do that. And then they do it. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this is really nice. I wish we would have done it a few years earlier. And I think some people are <laughs> taking those. Stay. Yeah, now they're kind of enjoying it before they're selling. Yeah. But, but that's boy, okay, too. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of text just came in. Um, let's see. Uh, Oh, boy. Um, hi, CCO. One and a half story, Como Park home. Thousand square feet, job transfer. Uh, new, uh, what should they do? Let's see. Um, kitchen kitchen and bath, uh, an original hardwood. Leave empty or do we stage? Uh, new carpet, we moved around a lot. Uh, oh, that's a So the question one. is, <laughs> do they stage an empty home or what, what do you, how do you, how okay. do you fill it up if you do? Well, I think it kind of depends, and it depends on the price point of the home. But I do think it is important to have it staged so people can look in and see the purpose of each room. Sometimes it's hard for people to see outside of it if it's staged, like if a bedroom is staged as an office. They don't even see it as a bedroom anymore. And a 1,000-square-foot home vacant looks really small. It does. But if it has, you put the right furniture in there, it looks like, oh, my gosh, look at this is where we're going to watch TV every night. And, oh, this is how we'll cook. You know, if you if you – you know, you got to make sure countertops are cleared and stuff like that, but you can't completely clear them off. Right. You got to give it a little, little life to it. Somebody again, and we get this from time to time, as you guys do personally. Uh, commissions. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can vary. Absolutely. Why they're, do they? They're vary? negotiable. They're negotiable. Uh, yeah, There's they're, your answer. They're totally negotiable because we can't price fix. Um, there's realtor ethics that say that. Um, and so I think I think what people should do is rather than look at that percentage, look what you're getting for that percentage. And I always tell people, I said, what what's most important here, what you make or what I make? You know, and and it's and it's it's really true. I think a lot of people focus on that number, but then they they'll go have someone that's not gonna help them out and get them more money for their house. And so it's 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 kind of interesting. I think a lot of times it's a fight like over a percent. So if it's a $300,000 house, we're talking $3,000. And I, I tell people, I say, if you don't think I can make you $3,000 more, you should go with the other person. I mean, you, you should because then you're going to be able to save money, you know. And if your home is turnkey, you know, there's one thing is about selling the house, the other, you know, or, or getting the, the price for it. It's keeping it going and being able to close because there's so many things that happen. Mm -hmm. Karen's been talking about it most of the show, you know, that we have to kind of keep these things together because you you even to a walkthrough. I mean, you get to a walkthrough. That's at the very end. okay? And they haven't seen the house for two months, you know, and all of those ill wills that were maybe made over the time and, you know, negotiated and saying your decorating is horrible. I have to redo it. And they got through all of that stuff. If it's a nice walkthrough, they forget about all of that. And the problem is, is that after the sale is not a problem because the transaction doesn't end with the closing. Good point. It doesn't. It can always, it, it, it goes over to the next uh, thing if there's a problem. I know we have about a minute, minute and a half to go. I wanted to ask Karen, uh, did you ever think that getting a master's in psychology would be applied to real estate? Or did you, did you, were you in the business even by then? I didn't think so. No, it was not, act, not my trajectory at all oh, okay. to go into real estate. I just kind of fell into it. And it ended up turning into a full-time sales job. But the funny thing is, is I really use these skills every single day for both with both buyers and sellers. And I just find that it's, I mean, it's a huge part of my job. Well, but it's a good part. I mean, you talk about uh, being uh, uh, humane and and nice in a stressful uh, time. Especially with your marriage and family, you know, where her emphasis was. I mean, in divorcing your home, we've had shows on that where it's divorcing your home. I mean, we're not only negotiating against a buyer, we're negotiating with the sellers. 
you know, together and trying to keep that going. And then you have the emotions of what the kids are going through. You know, everything's getting uprooted. So it's a very emotional experience. And I think it's hard for people to always stay rational throughout the entire length of the process. So. And you guys keep everything on an even keel, at least try to. Oh, we try. All right. We're just about out of time. Uh, good to see you again, Karen. Thanks for coming you. in. Thanks for and, having uh, me. And how do we get in touch uh, with you guys if we want to connect? You can always go to chrisrooney.com. And then uh, if you want to if you, if you come to the seminar, and we'll talk about staging stuff all oh, day good. long. Yeah. That's uh, uh, next Saturday. They can just call. No, wait a Actually, it's right now. Oh, it's it's at 1230. Yeah. 952-226-6699. You're going to hear a lot of good stuff. Yeah, they can show up. All right. That's in the Edina Library. Edina Library. All right. Good deal. Thanks so much. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.